direct from the comic book pages, the superhero of the ring, Lightning. Bangs and death, crash pow, watch me beat the bad guys now. All bad guys will be in mourning. When I issue my storm warning, I take to the air and I give flight and they will know they've seen the light. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Mike Grand Show, and today's special guest is from Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, the superhero Lightning. How you doing, Lightning? Good. How you doing, Mike? Good. Thank you for joining us today. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is oh, going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to have lots of fun today. So um, basically, what we're going to ask you first off, uh, why don't you walk through to the viewers how you got started in Glow? Oh God, I've said this story a lot of times, uh, not to bore anybody who who's actually heard it, but I was a trainer at a gym and I wanted to be in the movie industry. I was training somebody uh, who was in the movie industry and uh, he basically took me one step at a time. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do this? And he told me to get a magazine called Dramalog and uh, I brought it to him and he said, look, you got to find an acting class in here. And so I uh, found an acting class and started taking acting lessons. I had maybe, you know, uh, six weeks of improv and uh, six weeks of uh, scene study. That was it under my belt. And then the show Glow aired and my boyfriend uh, and I were, you know, watching Saturday morning cartoons because that's what you do when you're that young. We're watching Saturday morning cartoons and I'm thinking, uh, this is stupid uh, because he started watching Glow. I'm sorry, he said, check this out. And I said, this is stupid because I'm watching and really corny jokes and stuff. And he starts laughing at me and I go, what? He's like, you're just jealous. I go, what do you mean I'm jealous? He's like, you're just jealous. They're on TV and you're not. And I'm like, no, ah. And he's like, uh huh. I'm like, no, ah. Back and forth, no, uh, uh huh. God, he got me so freaking angry. My God. So a week later, it's Saturday morning again. We're watching Saturday morning cartoons. The show comes on, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna try to watch this stupid show because he likes it. So I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, I'm watching the the fighting and stuff. I'm such a tomboy that I like the wrestling. And I was thinking, ah, I could do that. I knew I could do that, you know, in my head. And I, and I said, I can do that. And he starts laughing at me again. And I go, what? He's all, they kick your ass. I'm like, no, ah. He's like, uh-huh. I'm like, no, ah, back and forth again. No, uh, uh-huh. God, he just infuriated me. At the end of the show, they actually had a tag that they were looking for new glow girls. And this must have been after McLean had uh, split with a bunch of the girls but this was the first season of glow I don't know when that exactly occurred the timeline you might be able to 
pick that off from Hollywood. But I faked a resume and mailed it in and they contacted me. They liked the photo and uh, my fake resume, I guess. I went on a couple of interviews and uh, one publicity stunt, which I thought was an interview. There must have been hundreds of girls there. I swear, I think her name's Evangeline or something, that like 800-year-old woman who, with the white hair who drives pink Cadillacs. Um, yeah, she's like just an image. Anyway, she was standing there next to me. I'm thinking, really? This person is going to be a glow girl? And she looked like she was like grandma, you know? <laughs> uh, but it was just a publicity thing, you know, that just a ton of people. Then I had, didn't hear from them for a long time and I didn't know what was going on thinking, oh, I guess they didn't want me or whatever. And all of a sudden they contacted me and said, be in Vegas, September, uh, the day, I can't remember, it was the day after Labor Day we started uh, or it was Labor Day evening or whatever. And um, 1987. And where were you living at the time? I was in uh, Lawndale uh, near Redondo Beach. I actually lived near, close to Daisy. Daisy and I figured that out later. Um, but I was, I grew up in Redondo Beach and uh, my parents sold their house and kicked all of us out because we were all like living in the garage and we wouldn't leave. So they sold their house and moved way out in the middle of nowhere. And I ended up moving into a small apartment in Lawndale, which isn't far from uh, Daisy and not far from Redondo Beach either, but it was, uh, you know, a little shack, you know, really expensive shack, rents were through the roof like they are right now. So then basically they called you and you went down there and, and then how did the process work from that point? Um, well, I bought a ticket. It was like a whole $29 round trip or something. It was really cheap. I'm like, eh. So I go, uh, I go there and I meet uh, that shuttle. I, I, I took the shuttle from the airport to the Riviera. And then they had a little shuttle bus and they shuttled us from there to uh, the apartments we were staying at. They were going to end up staying at. And they had uh, like one of those, you know, group places that apartment buildings have um, where uh, they had all the girls meeting in there. And we're just lounging around talking to each other. And I met, God, there must have been like 70 girls there. You know, the place was packed. And uh, they came in, they said, this is what's going on. We're going to put you in these apartments for the night and we're going to start the next morning. So we, uh, uh, we got our apartments. There was only one bed in the one apartment and I uh, slept on the floor and Big Bad Mom, I gave Big Bad Mama the bed. I was in Big Bad Mama's apartment and I slept on the floor. On, uh, it was like a love seat. I just pulled the cushions off the couch so I could stretch out and put them on the floor. She's like, are you sure? And I'm like, no, I'm fine, you know. So I, uh, camping, you know, camping in the living room. Uh, and then I had a coat or so. I don't even think I had a blanket. I think I had a heavy coat. I was using that as my blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day we, um, we went to the ring and the ring was literally three layers deep of girls 
uh, like wrapped around the ring and one girl at a time got in. It was just basically, can you do a forward roll? And then everybody had to do a forward, forward roll one right after the other. Uh, and then it just kept going on forward roll, dive roll, handstand roll, hands, you know, uh, everything just kept adding on and adding on and adding on. Now, were and the a lot of that were there, did, were they interested in becoming wrestlers or were they more actor types, the ones that were there for that audition? Well, my group, because it's season three and four, they were uh, um, a, just a big mix of everything. I mean, I wanted to be an actress. Uh, There's uh, a few uh, actresses actually there. And there were um, people who want to be actors. And then there were just people who just wanted to be on TV. Ooh, I want to be a glow girl. Because it was, it was like everybody in the kitchen sink showed up. It was like crazy how many different people. I mean, it wasn't on a professional level like I'm sure the first auditions were. Because so they so were they actually. Explain, do they have to explain? They were cast. What, they were, this is what a forward that? role is this is how to do this move. So would they explain in the audition for those girls how to do those moves? Well, yeah, Debbie, Debbie, Taunt, and Nanuchka were, there, were doing it. And Debbie would say, this is a forward role, and she'd do one. Um, if they liked the look of somebody, they would try to help them through whatever it was to see if they could be trained, if they liked them. Uh, and they wanted, you know, they thought this would be a good character. You know, this is a, I see this person as something. And um, I remember this one girl, really pretty girl. She looked like Morticia Adams, kind of. And uh, she put her head down, put her head, top of her head down on the mat, and then turned her head sideways and then rolled over like a dog with her legs and, hand, uh, legs and hands up in the air. Uh, she couldn't, for the life of her, she couldn't do a forward roll. And they were trying to baby her through both of them, Anuchka and Debbie, were trying to baby her through this forward roll. And she ended up rolling sideways um, like a dog rolling over onto its back. And me and MTV were right next to each other. We both just started laughing. We couldn't, it was just, we couldn't help ourselves. And then uh, Nanuchka came up into our face, totally drill sergeanted us, you know, you think you can do better? You think this is funny? Get in there. <laughs> it was uh okay okay we jumped in we did our forward rolls they're like okay go ahead go back in line so eileen and i were very you know wiry small girls and we had no problems doing the rolls but uh we could not talk you know the everybody sees the the series and thinks that we're everybody's lounging around the ring going what do you want to do i don't know what do you want to do you know like they're trying to <laughs> uh that didn't happen what happened was we were boot camped four hours in the morning we had a lunch break four hours in the afternoon we had a dinner break and then we had to do improv classes and a meeting and improv classes until about 11 p.m we're lucky to get home uh and in bed by midnight and then the whole thing started right back up again 8 30 the next morning six days a week we were in basic basic training boot camp and it i mean a normal wrestler gets trained maybe two or three hours three days a week you know and it takes about three years to make a really top-notch wrestler 
we were being forced trained to try to get in the ring and appear to be wrestlers, uh, we had three months worth of training. So we were basically cramming, trying to cram in all that training in three months. And a lot of people got injured. I saw a girl pop her collarbone just popped out. Uh, she was supposed to be um, a girl, a character called Queenie. You might catch her. Yes. Some people have some bootleg footage of the Riverside Hotel and Casino when we did our very first matches there to break the ice before we filmed the next week. And um, let's see, uh, Queenie. And then another girl who's supposed to be the new Spanish Red broke her arm uh, doing a slingshot across, across the wing, a ring. I think somebody blew out her knee. Um, there was a few like pretty creepy injuries. We're all in line and each person had to do whatever move they were showing us. We, it was our turn to learn this move and um, coming up. So you see somebody break a collarbone doing a move and you're thinking, oh crap. <laughs> and, and I got to do this move next. Oh shoot. And then on the other breath, you're thinking, but that's one less girl. It's like, cause you're not going to take you know, however many we had, there's no way they were going to take us all. So we we're all still in competition with each other until, of course, it narrowed down to who was left. Yeah. And how did the characters of Thunderbolt and Lightning get created? Um, well, Thunderbolt and Lightning, uh, well, first off, uh, everybody um, that they in, that were sticking around, the people that weren't just dropping on, people were dropping out on their own. They would just not show up the next day after they took a rough hit or something, you know, they just were gone. We don't even know what happened to them. And um, I was there with X amount of girls. There were certain ones they wanted, uh, they wanted to be replacement girls, like, uh, like uh, they wanted to replace Tina and Ashley. They wanted to replace uh, the uh, Sergeant uh, not Sergeant, I'm thinking Sergeant Slaughter, no, uh, Corporal Kelly and Attaché and the cheerleaders. They had certain girls, they wanted specific characters. They already planned on replacing them with another version of them. And uh, and the uh, the girls at this point, We've been training for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I was the only one that did not have a name at all. <laughs> I'm thinking I was totally stress monstered out. I was thinking, oh, they're going to kick me out. They haven't named me. They're, gonna, they're not going to keep me, you know. And uh, they, for the life of them, could not figure out what to call me. I found out later, Steve Blant had told me that that's the writer, one of the writers. He said, uh, that I was little, but I was strong and fast and a good wrestler. And all the little characters they had before me weren't like that. They didn't have all the muscle I had. So they were confused as to, because usually the little girls, the little ones my size, they become little somebody or other. And little somebody or other is somebody's sidekick who gets her ass kicked and rescued all the time. And they didn't know what to do with me, basically. So uh, then they came up with, or he came up with uh, calling me Lightning, or Lightning Bug. <laughs> I'm like thinking, don't call me Bug. 
<laughs> I didn't say it out loud though, because if I had said I didn't want that name, that name would have been my name forever. Because I knew, I knew at this point, if you said you didn't want something, they'd make you take it. You know, you don't want your head shaved. It was getting shaved. So, so I just said, "Great, perfect, yay!" In the back of my head, I'm going, "No, don't call me that." And uh, at this point, the girls were trained enough that they started bringing in the old girls that were still uh, coming back. And um, like Hollywood and uh, Sally comes uh, in and she brings Thunderbolt. And Thunderbolt was this uh, cute little blonde girl, maybe an inch taller than me. Uh, and she was just like a bookend to me basically. And that's how uh, Steve Lance came up with the thought of making us, uh, he thought of the movie Thunderbolt and Lightfoot and he said Thunderbolt and Lightning. And that's how we, and a long story, right? That's how it became Thunderbolt and Lightning. <laughs> and you guys made a great tag team, the superheroes of the ring. You had a lot of great matches. Looking back at all your matches, is there any one particular match that you had so much fun doing or any any particular match that was your favorite there's a couple of them i really loved uh thunder or uh yeah thunder and lightning versus the russians as a tag team that was awesome yes that was a great because uh, we just got to do some fun stuff in there but uh my most fame uh, favorite comedy was when um it was zelda and myself versus big bad mama uh, I was trying to find it online. I couldn't find it. If you can find the link, please send it to me. Uh, what happened was uh, Big Bad Mama would wrestle whomever and she'd bring out her little zombie doll dressed like them and she would put a curse on them in the ring and then just spin the doll and then the person would spin, you know. They'd do whatever she did with the doll. And I thought that, because every match was like that and I, I was thinking I didn't want to do the same thing so i i actually uh the three of us in conversation because we would come in monday and figure out what we were going to do on on uh for the matches when we'd shoot them and uh dress rehearsal friday and then do the matches on saturday uh night so we had a little bit of time to figure this out and i thought uh, why don't, instead of controlling us, why don't you have us switch personalities? So, uh, Zelda became Lightning, Lightning became Zelda. If you haven't seen the match, it's, it's hilarious. Yep. She, what she what are your memories of uh, Zelda the Brain? Zelda was a sweetheart. Zelda was like uh, this totally laid back, she was a mom, a lot of people didn't know that. Laid back, um, roll with the punches. She just, hey, whatever you wanna do, okay. Tell me what you want, I'll do it. And she would do these really clean, perfect uh, bumps when she hit the ground. There was no over rotating or whatever. When she landed, she was great at it. And when she would get herself wrapped up into the ropes and stuff, she was just so hilarious very cute and she was actually her and uh Grimlina were the only two glow girls that were actually shorter than me <laughs> <laughs> uh 
I was, uh, I was uh, one, two, third shortest. Thunder was fourth short, shortest. Uh, from my group, uh, uh, Egypt is really little too. She's, she's probably, uh, uh, wait, 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 would that make her fifth shortest? <laughs> she's, she's like five, two and a half, five, three, something like that. Another great match that you guys had too was when you and Zelda went against Stinky and Sneaky. How was it like working with those two? Oh, they were really good to work with. Uh, they were new and it was, you always worried when somebody new like that comes in because of the, you know, the danger factor. Uh, but they were really good athletes, both of them. And, um, and moved because they were close to our size. Like we were like pretty evenly matched height wise. Um, that uh, it felt, uh, I don't know, solid is a good way of putting it, you know? Okay. And now I'm going to give you three moves and I'm going to name you three glow girls. What I want you to do is tell me the three moves are flying body press, cradle takedown, and a drop kick. And, okay. um, and the three girls are MTV, Beastie, and Stinky. Which one would you drop kick? Which one would you give a cradle takedown? And which one would you do the flying body press on? Uh, I would do a fl flying body press on Beastie because she's got the size. I'd want to like try to get above her to, to, to get onto her, although she would catch my butt and then bang my head <laughs> into the turnbuckle. <laughs> That was my idea, by the way. <laughs> I thought, I thought this is going to be funny, you know, and and that's the way it should have been, you know, campy. Uh, let's see. Uh, give me the wait. Uh, the other one was a, a, uh, then you have drop kick and MTV, cradle takedown. MTV. Uh, well, I actually I would have drop kicked. Uh, uh, I would have done all three of those moves on Beastie, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, I would do a, a cradle takedown with MTV. And what was the third? And then character, I'm sorry. Stinky and Dropkick. Stinky. Uh, stinky, I actually did a double, a cradle and a, a head scissor cradle takedown with her and a Sneaky. Yeah, and in fact, it was on one of the opening shots they show it. Uh, some of the, you know, how they show opening moves on the yes. title. Yeah, you remember that one? Yep. And then after when, when GLOW ended, it did reunite in 1993 for a pay-per-view. And to our surprise, you didn't come back as Lightning. You came back as Party Animal. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about what happened there? How come Lightning disappeared? Um, well, it had been uh, three years. Uh, GLOW ended, for me, uh, for me, it was 89, I think, or was it 88? It might've been late 88. Uh, uh, we finished shooting um, all, of our, uh, all of our stuff. And then they gave us like a week off or something or a couple weeks off. And they were having financial problems, I assume, I don't know, or they were just trying to burn the girls. They um, they were going to bring everybody back, and instead of paying us what they were paying, they were going to drop the pay like a couple hundred dollars a week, 
and they and uh, they put the girls in really bad like bad neighborhood apartments. They moved the apartments from the nice apartments to the bad apartments. Um, and this is what I heard after the fact because I wasn't even there. Um, I had gotten a call to do um, to get paid to do a, another show called Flare, which was just some trailer with a bunch of matches and little sketches and stuff. Somebody was probably trying to copy Glow, but they were paying me to do that. I wasn't under contract with Glow, so I went out to do that and I got back um, a day. I got back. I flew in the day I was supposed to be in Vegas. We were supposed to all show up back to Vegas, and I could have jumped in my car and driven out there, but I was exhausted. And I would have got there at like 11 o'clock at night or something. And I said, I called uh, the the Vegas house and I said um, that I was going to be in the next day. And uh, I was talking to Johnny C on the phone and he was talking to Matt. I couldn't see, I couldn't hear Matt or, or I couldn't hear exactly what he was saying, but he was back there. And uh, Johnny C told me, if I don't come now, then don't come back at all. So basically... I got kicked out for not showing up on the actual day we were supposed to show up. Now, however, I probably, in hindsight, I'm pretty sure if I just showed up the next day and never said another word, I would have, they would have just yelled at me for being late. I would have said, what? I thought it was today, not yesterday. I probably would have, I probably would have been okay because I was, I would have been there, but he just got mad and said that. So then they shot, um, they did some um, uh, sketches for the Glow House, and they, I think they went to three different little, uh, they went to Tahoe, um, San Diego, and uh, the Trump Castle, I think. And I missed all of that, but at this point, I got called to work on a show called LPWA, and I was wrestling for LPWA. So I was fine, I'm still working, I don't care. You know, I did miss Glow. I did miss the company, but um, but I was still working. So. so. So when they got you back as party animal, how did that happen? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you I <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so uh, they um, hadn't been in the ring since they stopped doing that. The they none of them had been in the ring for years, and. Most of them just quit wrestling at that point. They hadn't been in the ring for three years. Um, at this point, I'd become a pro wrestler, and I'd been wrestling all over the world. And I actually learned how to wrestle and be a pro wrestler, not just be a glow girl. And uh, I uh, got called by Hollywood because they couldn't find enough glow girls to, uh, you know, to be in this pay-per-view. And I met with Matt and, and uh, he just, I guess, wanted to make sure I wasn't still tied up with LPWA, which I actually got fired from LPWA too. That's another story. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, I uh, ended up, uh, he needed a bad guy. He didn't need a good guy. He needed a bad guy. So they created a storyline, Steve Lance did, where Hollywood had corrupted me and Lightning became Lightning the party animal. So they probably figured, because from this, it was supposed to possibly spin into 
another a season of glow and they could have twisted me back good if they wanted to at that point but um they just didn't have enough wrestlers and not only was i a good wrestler um i had been wrestling i was uh hollywood and myself i think were the only two that were still in the ring working matches so we were you know good to go Yep. And then after, so like you said, you were continuing wrestling and then you also got into stunt work as well. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, I kept wrestling um, through when I left GLOW all the way till now. I still, I still work matches. Uh, and um, I was traveling, touring and getting called all the time to wrestle out of the country and stuff. And I'd just be jumping back and forth and I had two part-time jobs to keep me busy uh, in between jobs that wouldn't, you know, fold or get mad at me for taking off for a month or a week or a day, or they would just say, okay, go, I'll see you when you get back. I was a trainer at a gym and I did telemarketing on the phone for a newspaper. I'd like to try to sell people the, the daily whatever newspaper. And um, I was calling random numbers, uh, and I got a hold of this one guy who was uh, looking actually for uh, stunt people for uh, to ride horses for a, a Rosenbach um, circus bareback riding act. And I just got into a conversation with him. That's how I sold the paper. I would actually talk to people. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stick to the script. That never worked for me. I'd just get into a conversation like I'm having a conversation with you now. And he starts telling me about the horses and this, that. And I said, I really uh, always wanted to learn how to ride a horse. And then I told him a wrestler. He's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So uh, he arranged for me to uh, to go meet him over there and uh, and take a, an audition, sort of, you know, to see what he would see at what you know, I was or who I was, because he needed small girls, because they were doing pyramids, which is people on top of horses and people standing on top of people on top of the horses. They need somebody to be on the top of the pyramid so that, um, you know, uh, they weren't big, you know, they needed to be light and strong. So I went out down there and auditioned for him for that. Uh, it was really funny because uh, I, you know, I went around the ring. I'm standing on the horse with him, hanging onto him. We're two horses, and we're standing on them, which is called Roman riding, basically. And uh, he thought I was doing a good job and everything. And then, um, you know, he watched me sit on the horse or ride, you know, but I, he knew I didn't know how to ride a horse at this point. And he's, uh, we're standing there, and he's all, you did good. He's all, do you think you could climb up on top of me? I'm like, what? He's like, can you like climb up onto my shoulders? And I go, yeah. He's all, you can climb onto my shoulders. I go, yeah. He's all, right now. I'm like, yeah. He's all, okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so I ran up him like I do, I did to Beastie or something. I just ran right up on top of him and, uh, and just like practically knocked him down, climbing him. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, jump down. He helped me down and he's laughing and he's like, okay can we try this again only gracefully <laughs> so I ended up being one of his riders and he taught me how to ride and stuff and 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 bareback ride in the meantime he was looking for more riders and he called his house where there was a bunch of stunt people living together and um 
he was looking for uh, a, a, a certain guy, stunt guy, and the other stunt guy on the phone was a stunt coordinator, and they started chit-chatting back and forth, what are you up to? And the one said he's got to go down and find, he's looking for a couple of girls for a fight. And apparent doubles for this girl. Apparently, one of the girls was exactly my height, long brown hair, light eyes. And James was uh, the guy, the trainer. He said, I know a girl fits that description perfectly. And uh, he's all, no, but she's got to be able to fight. And he's like, she's a professional wrestler. <laughs> he's all, really? <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. So he uh, gave the guy my number. He called me. I met with him at H. Fault 8. H salt fish and chips. I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> and I was just a dead on ringer for this girl. And when you do um, uh, work in the movie industry, union work, you have to be union. And I wasn't union, but they agreed to tap Hartley me because I was such a perfect double for this girl. So I got tap Hartley and that was my very first stunt job. And then I just kept running into stunt people through um, the horse work and you know one job leads to meeting another person and another person yeah that's and awesome I got I got, got uh, half-heart lead in 1990 late 90 uh, um, I joined SAG 90 or 91 and and have been a stunt person ever since Yep, so all these years go by, you're doing wrestling, you're doing stunt work. Did it ever cross your mind then, many years later, starting with the GLOW documentary, that, hey, we have all these fans over the years that just really love GLOW, and then a resurgence with the Netflix show. How, how did that make you feel? And, and to get all this newfound popularity again with GLOW? I didn't even... I didn't even realize that it was a newfound popularity. Um, you know, we did the documentary and, and that went well. And it, I got to go over to the uh, con in San Diego. We won an award there. Uh, myself and, and um, Ashley Cartier and Godiva went. And it was fun, you know. Uh, but still nobody really said, oh, you're lightning or whatever. And uh, we were um, asked to do uh, the drag con. And so we went to the drag con and that's where I got the first inkling of this stuff because I had, uh, we had um, this one girl, more than one person, but this particular girl came up and she was tears streaming down her face, saying, you don't know what you meant to us, what GLOW meant to us. And I was like, you know, crying with her, you know, we were all crying with her, um, you know, because to us, we we're just, you know, we just did our did a job, we did the best job we could. And GLOW was basically in the wind, you know, other than this, you know, little con thing or whatever. We weren't, uh, thinking uh, that it was a resurgence or anything, you know, and then, the, and then of course the show, the new show was announced and we all were hopeful that we'd get cameos or something. I thought uh, I could do stunt work on it because I already know how to wrestle and I could stunt double or whatever. I wasn't really worried about doing a cameo. I just thought that would be great. Like all the other girls, but um, 
they made sure that none of us were involved in that. They didn't even ask us anything about what the truth of the whole story was. So, I mean, I know the people who watch the show uh, are wondering, did that happen? And I'd say 95% of it didn't happen. It's still a fun show. And it, and it um, I was bored to tears watching the first four episodes of it. Um, but after that, I was, it was good and I liked it. The first four episodes, um, I don't know. Uh, I know they had to do a lot of establishing stuff, but, uh, and, and when you're jaded, you're watching it and you're thinking that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. That was sort of close to what happened. Um, you know, so they were getting some things accidentally right. Uh, but like I said, 95% of it wasn't correct. Uh, but it's fun. 80s, you know, kind of a feel. It, it brings back a lot of uh, memories and stuff. Uh, the um, the other good thing about the show is all of a sudden we're able to do conventions and uh, and we're selling t-shirts. Same thing, meeting fans we haven't seen and they're just so excited to be with us. Because I never thought of us as stars or anything like that. I don't, none of us thought of ourselves as anything other than somebody who did this one show one time. We didn't think of ourselves like um, the way I look at some star that I liked when I was a kid. Like uh, um, I loved the bionic woman. I didn't think, oh my God, it's a bionic woman. But when they come to me or us like that, I have to put that in perspective in my head. <laughs> I think that they think that of us and it's, um, humbling is the right word that they would think that about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us here today, Lightning. I had a blast. Um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way that they can contact you? I am on uh, Facebook, uh, Cheryl Lightning Rusa, uh, and I am on Twitter. And uh, I have to write this down because I don't. Um, <laughs> at glow lightning and instagram uh glow lightning and i'm very bad at posting stuff if you have anything you want me to post on instagram from old lightning stuff or whatever send it to me you can give me a, a tutorial on how to post it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we had so much fun lightning so we will keep in touch follow up with you and hope you're having a great time and everybody keep it right here because we're going to have some more great interviews on this channel, on this show. So keep it right here and see everybody later. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.